Do you want to talk about how you're feeling right now? Oh, so many questions. What does this mean? What do I do? <laughs> Go on! Tell them what you think! I liked it. I think your calculations may have been off. I think it's all right. I just have a lot of feelings. This pleases me. These are perfectly normal feelings. Do you even know what you sound like when you talk like that? Now, shall we begin? We've got some weather coming in. Snow, maybe. Can I tell you something, Drew? Hmm? Yeah, if you, if you like. I admire the way you took those movie choices last night. An embarrassing moment, but you handled it well. Thank you. Tough row to hoe, if you think about it. What would that be? All those downloads. Ah. A lot of responsibility never knowing who your friends are. Never knowing what people value you for. Yeah. Must be tough. Never feel sorry for a man who owns a podcast. So, what do you value me for, Nathan? I'll tell you what. I like your style. I think your movie collection's pretty great, too. Yes. So, how are you planning to review me? Oh, fuck! Hold on! (laughs) (laughs) I suddenly remembered my Charlemagne. (laughs) Charlemagne. (laughs) Fun fact, this is is now two movies in a row where a plane... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it crashes due to birds taking it out. Whew. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Real Fills podcast, where we bring you a different movie of a different genre fortnightly. fortnightly. And with today's movie, we have our survival movie, 1997's The Edge. Living on the edge. <laughs> okay, check it, please. A photographer with an eye for beauty. Okay, great. Let's do one more. (laughs) Nice looking lady. Your wife? Yes. Why'd you ask? A man of wealth who lives through books. Charles knows everything. Got a question, ask him. I seem to retain all these facts, but putting them to any useful purpose is another matter. Each the essence of the civilized man. Well, Charles, we're going on an impromptu adventure. You come too. All that money, never knowing what people value you for. And I think your wife's pretty cute too. So, how are you planning to kill me? Hold on! But when civilization disappears... Why do we even think they'll come looking for us? Our friend's a billionaire. You know what happens when you misplace one? All they have is each other to rely on. Most people lost in the wilds, they die of shame because they didn't do the one thing which would have saved their lives. Thinking their will to survive and the question why would i want to kill you charles why would i want to do that for my life of where the greatest danger lies you saved my life well i couldn't kill you with steven around i'd have to kill him too and he's the only one that knows how i like my coffee What are we going to do, Charles? What, am I supposed to have a plan? Rich man, all anybody wants is to take something from you when they want it bad enough to kill you. You and my wife, 
I've seen you with her. 20th Century Fox presents Academy Award winner Anthony Hopkins. You want to die out here, huh? Alec Baldwin. Money's folk. Sit up there, drinks and golf, but get you in an emergency. Right. And you bloom. You make me sick. I'm sure I do. Somewhere between the law of the wild and the nature of man lies the edge. I'm not going to die. It's today. I'm going to kill the mother. Ah! Uh, no, no one sings that song when they hear this title. A living what? on the edge. You what can't song help is that? yourself. Yeah, you can't help yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, oh we're so old. <laughs> oh well, guys, I am host Drew. Uh, I am uh, three finger Jack Nathan. <laughs> no, I'm I'm in the wrong. <laughs> You're in the wrong movie. <laughs> I'm Jack the Bear. Wrong. Oh, oh, Jack the Bear. You get all the praise, though. Well, you do get all the praise. Stop on this log bridge. <laughs> stop it. Why is this here? This is my river. <laughs> this is my dinner. You leave me alone. Stop waving your flaming brands. <laughs> all right. But 1997's The Edge, directed by Lee Tamahori. And, I mean, not a famous name per se, but some movies are definitely up his alley, like Along Came a Spider, Mulholland Falls, Die Die Another Day, Next, Triple X, State of the Union, with the Nicholas Cage. No expense. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, you know what? A budget of $30 million, not exactly a total success, I would say, because it only made cumulatively $45 million worldwide. But El McPherson didn't bring in the audience. <laughs> no, because she's like in nothing. I mean, if you're going to buy your husband and your paramour a gift from the same place, maybe right. don't put it on the same transaction. Yeah. Oh, P.S. P- put on the same transaction to my other guy. The same receipt. Oh, good, good, Uh, God. But you know what? I I think one of the things that kind of like saves the aspect of this movie, maybe taking a nosedive, is the music done by Mr. Jerry Goldsmith. I mean, you cannot get away. I love Jerry Goldsmith. I don't give a shit. I love him. Is that Jerry Goldsmith's score right here? (laughs) Fuck yes. Jerry Goldsmith. Jerry has I think Rudy, I mean, I'm sorry. He's not Amazing. he's not jo- okay. He's not John Williams, but the man has he's the work of the man. Yeah, he's not Hans Zimmer. He he's not he Yeah. It, he's he, he's he's the uh the non union uh uh was uh, it a Steven Spielberg he's the step up from for the uh, he's a step the up from Danny Elfman, okay? Oh, shot fired. I think Jerry. No, 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 no. I Danny, think Jerry if Danny Elfman did this more. movie, it would have been a lot more romping <laughs> in the woods. <laughs> like, yeah. with the bears kind of like. I think. I think. Aside from the fact that, like, John Williams. Jesus. I cannot wait for the day that we actually do Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I will be super happy. But I mean, like, Jerry, Jerry Goldsmith has done so many things that are, like, truly, truly iconic. Like, as Nathan was saying, like, he has Rudy, you have Gremlins, you have the Star Trek films. You have 176 episodes of, of Next Generation that the man conducted and did music for. I, it's a it's a fantastic little soundtrack. I think it, it heightens the moods in a lot of sense. I think it creates great tension and, and an atmosphere for the film. And, you know, along with being filmed in, you know, Alberta, Canada. Really? What more are you wanting? Oh, that's right. We want a live action bear because this 
This is not some bullshit Call of the Wild remake. Bart the Bear, Sons of Bitches. We get a steps real up bear. Too. Really steps it up. Uh, I, and I like how the end credits, before they even give anybody else, they just say, yes. Bart the Bear, motherfucker. <laughs> they say, thank you to like, Bart the Bear, his trainer. It's You know what? It's a good homage to him. The, the bear did die in 2000. He was 23 years old. And I mean, he had a really good you know career himself. This is the second film that he did with Anthony Hopkins. He was also in Legends of the Falls with Anthony Hopkins. He was in Homer Bound 1 and 2. Well, he was, now, was he the bear that got the ass of it shot off in oh, uh, Great Outdoors? In Great Outdoors, was it? Yes, it was. Oh! Yep. I wish that there was like a, a moment where like right before, like instead of doing the tribute saying, hey, thanks to him, that he just comes on and goes, we had a lot of laughs tonight. But one thing that's really sad is Kodiak <laughs> bears everywhere are dying. At a, you know, just like goes and does like a PSA and you're just like, oh, thanks, Bert. So, Bert the bear. This, this is uh, sort of a harder genre to choose for. Uh, I'm interested, uh, Nathan, what, if you were in Drew's place, what direction would you, you would, 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 would you On have Drew's shortlist, uh, I think the gray was another right. really the gray was but definitely probably on the too list. much of a like just like a a safe choice like and that's I feel like what I do is I just pick these like layups like oh you guys like Indiana Jones I love Indiana Jones like <laughs> you guys like Two Towers I fucking love Two Towers like yeah like yeah Nathan pick outside the box I'm I'm an in the box like I just want to talk about the geeky shit that I love but this is it's this is a, yeah. a a very interesting survival movie because Anthony Hopkins carries a survivalness, although he's never really had to survive. It's weird. He no, he's he's a man of useless, you know, trivia knowledge, just all stuck in his head. But he also stares down the fact of what is necessary for survival, staring the bear in the eye. And he does it like deadpan the entire time. You never know if he's truly like terrified or anything, except for the one chase scene from the river, which is sped up and fast forward, <laughs> well, <laughs> which annoys me slightly. He, he like even psychs up steven he's like you want to lay down and die bob no but like he's he like <laughs> you want to die like, here <laughs> uh does the like uh talking to sunka in cool runnings in the mirror like you know i see will i see power like like oh like anthony hopkins like psyching him up like i'm gonna kill a goddamn bear i'm gonna kill a motherfucker like <laughs> yeah but he he also gives him like the the meaningless chore of sharpening the stick which which ultimately leads to to the downfall of the uh, the intrepid survivors. Yeah. I want to know how he possibly cut his leg, and also it's the doable. Couldn't yeah. I? Well, I'm sure it's doable, but I mean, was the knife truly that was the knife truly away. that sharp? Away, right? Not down and like well, across your leg. If you give leg. a billionaire a knife, you better well make sure it's really fucking sharp. Not, do you? It looks pretty decorative. They're like that. If you give a billionaire a knife, it should be like recovered steel from like an old <laughs> katana, folded two hundred. The only times. time that you actually see him like truly. <laughs> Uh, truly using it in the beginning is when he when he cuts the uh the seatbelt strap out of the when the, out of the plane he cuts Steven loose that's the only time that you really see him use it at first until he's you know sharpening the stick and then he you know he tells as you said he he tells Bob he's like I'm gonna kill the bear say it again I'm gonna kill the bear and again I'm gonna kill the bear good what one man can do another can do. What one man can do, another can do. Say it again. What one man can do, another can do. Say it again. What one man can do, another can do. Yeah. You're goddamn right. Today, I'm gonna kill the motherfucker.
Mind the bear? Mind the river? Mind the snow? Too many mind. (laughs) (laughs) So the... Now, was it pointless foreshadowing when he went down to make the sandwich and the ham was out, which who just leaves a ham out? I made a note! And then the door was open? Like, that seemed like it was pointless foreshadowing because, like, are they were they going with the long con on luring the bears in, or... Well, I mean, they're... He warned them about that, but then who left out a whole goddamn ham? I have that in my notes. Jack will be annoyed that the ham is left out. Like, I I am always annoyed by improper handling of ham products. Tremors. I mean, obviously, it was left out for the joke and the con and the long con of the joke to say, like, "Honey, would you just give me a sandwich? Did I did I ever tell you that you're an angel? Angel? No. Oh yeah, everything but the wings. And then he would have to go down there, purposely set out the. They purposely had to set out the ham, unlock the door, and then wait for him to notice it, lock it, and then yeah, but come back into the foyer. That's a lot of preparation he could have just been like no i'm tired make your own fucking sandwich no he could have he could have and i mean luckily everyone else was like already at the at the ready waiting but i mean what if a bear had come in in the meantime like what they're waiting for this joke to you know this birthday surprise that was was like that was pointless foreshadowing like we know from the movie poster there's gonna be a bear yes uh, it's just not entering the kitchen. But by the way, hey, uh, if anybody finds a reasonably priced a bear skin with attached skull, I will get just bourbon drunk and cavort around going after people dressed as the bear, just like uh, Bob Bob did. I'll gladly film this. This sounds exactly what our Patreon needs. Yeah, maybe get some. Uh, maybe we could borrow some of the uh the mats from gym from the gym class at your school so oh, God, i could no, i could no, throw, no. Want- throw people around and be able to maw them do you want correctly? ringworm oh everywhere <laughs> oh, no oh i uh is it just me or is like alec baldwin annoying in this film he's kind of a well, scumbag he's, supposed- yeah, he's, he's a little bit be- of a scumbag look even if i wanted to kill you i need you to get home you fucking idiot Needing people, isn't it a bitch? On the real, this maybe the whole plot of the movie is flawed from the get go. Like it's just not a strong. Why? Okay, because when he scares him with the bear, I almost was like, and I've seen this before, but I was like, wait a minute, how crazy cooler of a movie would this been if it was almost like Clue, where? At Anthony Hopkins, you know, Charles is in this house where everybody wants to fucking kill him. And, like, they're trying to, like, like, oh, heart attack. Uh, oh, like, the knife, you know. Uh, I don't know. Well, it shows It shows to me a lack of character development in Bob's character that, yeah, you, you came out here with the idea of doing away with Charles, but fucking Charles saves your life on multiple occasions and 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 when you two working together kill a fucking exactly. bear and that doesn't make you change your mind and maybe say you're, you know what good dude. the pussy's might not worth it at this point you can have her see you know for me it was never about the fact that he was actually going to kill him out in the woods or even on this trip because originally Charles was not going to be going on this trip he 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 decided like last minute that he was going to go on the trip and 
you know it's because he is deducing the fact that Bob is schnooping, you know, his wife. So he never, right? do you think? This This is something that he's all, he's already, he's already clued in. He's been eyeballing. He's been watching them. He says, like, I've seen you with her, Bob. They've been scalping. <laughs> a wee scalping. <laughs> Just a wee bit. But do you a think that that's his goal at all is to kill him? No, no. I think he wants, I think he wants to continue like the secret yeah. love affair until no, the until no, the possibility no. until the possibility of when he like maybe could kill him later but i don't think the original plan was to kill him at this point on but, this trip but you're going off down a different path my supposition is that all right whether or not you want to do away with him you decide to do that after your life has been saved and you just went through this like bomb Absolutely. cementing ordeal of killing a like eluding and then killing a bear together like you're your buddy died, like got mauled by a bear in no. front of you, and and but like, oh well, we're in the clear now. There's Time no to die. reason. Like, it's already been made aware that the affair is happening. Okay, there's no absolute reason to kill him at all. And you're right; they went through a bonding experience. They killed a bear. They ate the bear together. You know, wishing that they had some gunpowder to season this. What the shit? Right, he made, he made him a necklace with a bear claws. Like we are both warriors today. Like no, the re there's no reason for him to get drunk, load the gun. There's no reason for him to continue the plan, or at least now enact a plan of killing Charles. Absolutely zero reason. All right, uh, we are all Charles. Okay, our our are we in charge? Our opponent of our days and our nights and in our lives. But we are Bob. We've just lured our opponent into. To the the deadfall. Good. Now I probably would have just walked Left him. away. I would have climbed down, grabbed the gun. <laughs> I thought he and was, and then walked or, away. Originally, I thought he was going to come down, get the gun, and then just look at him and be like, "Oh, that and looks then, nasty." And he'd be like, <laughs> and oh, then no, walk away." Here. And I just would go cold blooded. <laughs> what would you guys have done? Would you have, you know? Pulled no, him out that's, and that whole part of it is kind of like and- a little bit beyond to like, ooh, he's such a good guy. Look, he like that's the part I think I actually like hated almost the most about the film because he all of a sudden is like the good dude that just, you know, even though he's being cheated on, which there's a part where I really want to dive into about when when Bob tells him like, you know, like, oh, like the part of of Charles. I mean, I'm sorry. Is that kind of oh, true? He j- like, oh, what you said about your wife? Huh? What I think, I think that you got a whole stew, too much money, uh, latent homosexuality, lots of other good stuff, paranoia. What we'll do, we'll all get together. We get back, you and me and your wife, and we'll all get into a hot tub and um, bear our feelings and. Uh... Yeah. Latent homosexual. He's a fegula. I mean, he's he's kind of like he's busting his balls when he's saying like, you know, why didn't you or you saved my life? Why didn't you kill me? Oh, come on, Charles. You're the like, I need you to get out of here. And, you know, also I had to say, Stephen, he's the only one who knows how I like my coffee. And and Charles, like, she's the only woman I ever loved. Like, eh, you know, let her and fucking Bob lay the bed in, that they've made. Uh, just go to yeah. Paris Fashion Week. Pick up another supermodel. You'll be fine. It's Charles. rather interesting for him to say, like, he, he doesn't even say that he loves her. She... No, yeah, no, 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 no. He says no. the only one I've ever loved. Uh, no, 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 no. She says, you know, you're the uh, you're the only man I've ever loved, and he's and he's, he he tells no, her, a part you're the only a- woman I've ever wanted. And there's a part later on when he tells. This seems like Rob, we're Bob, mincing he, words here. Exactly, and he even says like, why do, why do you care about her? And he's like, well, I love her. 
Like, Charles, like, lo- he loves her, but it's, I don't think it's, like, love, love. I think it's, like, I love just her as a person, but, like, it is, I think, that he's just maybe precious. Or, or maybe he's, like, Gollum and, and, uh, uh, <laughs> my precious. the wife is the one ring, like, everybody who falls in my line shall be bound to its fate. Do you think it could be the idea that she could possibly be another, like, kind of in addition to his useless, you know, hodgepodge of trivia knowledge? Like, this is just something else that he has and is his, but he doesn't necessarily know what to do with it or how to use it properly. The the knowledge is theoretical. (laughs) And, I mean, it, it could be the fact that, like, her attention and her, you know, decisiveness to stay in the marriage is also theoretical. Because, I mean, she's obviously going off with Bob, which his his character's name is Robert. I really really wanted Charles being so proper and being obviously Anthony Hopkins. I wanted him to refer to him as Robert and not Bob. Because Bob, it just seems too generic and it was getting on my nerves to hear Bob, Bob. From another point of view, he could be using Bob purposefully as sort of like a a dick move, like a little bit of over familiarity, like Bob? you know, calm the fuck down, Bob, like that sort of thing. <laughs> uh, so because it seems like if if Charles is aggressive, he's passively so. And the only times that necessarily we see Charles get aggressive is when he is describing the fact that he's going to kill the bear, or when Bob is finally just, I mean, being chicken shit enough and letting his anxiety get the best of him. And he's all like, what do you want to do, Bob? Just lay down and die. You want to die here. But he, he he tries to help him constantly. Like when he's freaking out and, the, and they, miss the, they miss the helicopter, okay? They miss the helicopter and he ice. tries to distract him and get him to think. And he's like, did you know that you can make fire from ice? You can make fire from ice. Hello, I'm talking to you. Do you know how that could be done? Bob, can you think? You. You make me sick. Fire from ice, can you think how? You're the only one's dense enough. Fire from ice, can you think how? I don't want to know how, Charles. Fire from ice, can you think how? I know, but but he, like which he, is he valid, flips out of that. He's all like, "Which is what? valid?" Because I mean, I'm his, sorry, his freak out is the like dumbest. Who like, the hell cares? Oh, you can, <laughs> you can. I know. Melt it. I think it's very valid. <laughs> I was melted down into ice and into a lens, and then you can use that. Like, oh, and you can also melt it into a bow and arrow, and like have an ice bow, like plus three. Come on. <laughs> no, you you know through through Bob's brain. Bob's brain is all like, who the hell cares, Charles? We are going to die. There's oh. bears out of here, Charles. I'm not so worried about them or the White Walkers. <laughs> but it was it was nice seeing Anthony Hopkins still like very not very young, but much younger. Yeah, uh, full head, fuller head of hair, and, fuller and head uh, of hair, yeah. still had that sort a, of energy about him. Where, uh, like with Westworld and and some of his others, he sort of has has become like the the wizened sage. It was it was, it was good. It's not like looking back at him in like you know Shadowlands or anything. Or uh, I mean, even even like a more recent film that that was a little bit uh, sooner uh, than Westlands, like the uh, the the Westworld. taking the take. 
What did I say? Westlands. Westland? That's weird. There was a movie uh, like The Kidnapping of Mr. Heineken. As you wish. wish. Sorry, go ahead, Drew. Oh, that's it. He goes up on Twitter all the time and he's just like playing piano with his cat. But I mean, even this in 1997, it, I think this movie still holds up. Every time I, I looked at uh, Steven, the um, <laughs> the theme from Oz was playing in the background of my mind. Oh. With, Did you guys uh, ever watch that? Atria's Oz. It was like one of the first series pre-Sopranos oh, that like okay. was, was like the gritty of, uh, HBO series set th- no, in prison. Th- yeah. There was Wizard of Oz? <laughs> no, no, Oz. Like it <laughs> there's no similarity between the two. One has a tid man, the other has shower rape. Um the guy from Band of Brothers uh and it's like Wizard of Oz but like it's very like deconstructed and not like are you talking about the the series the, Tin Man? Is it? Yeah, Tin Man. Yeah, yeah. Tin Man. Tin Man. It has Richard Dreyfuss as yes. the wizard. I think. I'm Richard Dreyfuss. <laughs> I was a job. Yeah, no, uh, oh god! When I when I first saw Stephen, I can't think Harold of the character. The uh, actors. Pyrene. 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 Yeah, Pyrenau. Pyrenau. I I watch him and I'm like, oh, it's from Link. Matrix. It's Link from the Matrix. That's what He's I remember Mercutio him from. from Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> Jack's favorite. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> which tis, which tis Romeo and Juliet? Tis but a <laughs> with Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, fuck who that I did version. not respect as an actor at that point. I absolutely hate that version <laughs> so much. Who covets Claire Danes? <laughs> <Yeah>. Not me. <laughs> Not me. Not many. Not many. Uh, I'm not. Yeah, no. Not a huge fan of that version. Oh, uh, goddamn Capulets and Monte. <laughs> what is it? Montesquieu? Montague's. Montague's. Fine. <laughs> Fine upon it all. <laughs> Sir Michael Caine was considered for the role of Charles, but he turned it down. And you also had Robert De Niro and Dustin Hoffman, who are also up for the role of Charles. I would have liked to have seen Michael Caine as Charles. Like, would you care to lay down and die, Bob? <laughs> Is that something you would care to do? It would have been sweet. Just, it would have been you so... You want to have a nice lie down and die, Bob? It would have been so sweet to hear that from him. But I mean, I can't never, I can't necessarily see Robert De Niro, like, going out into the world as, like, this rich billionaire and surviving in the woods. It just it doesn't fit his character. Because like, all I'm going to see him is go, like, you want to lay down and die? You want to lay down and die? He would bust that as New York. And yes, act. You yeah, he, he, yes, you do. Yes, you do. You think that I can't handle the wilderness? You what, think- am I a, what, a billionaire to you when I get all the money? Uh... But some people say that I want them to die. This is not true. <laughs> L- this is not LQ true. Jones as uh, Styles, the old uh, grizzled veteran that uh, has seen a thing or two. And yeah, second movie with Anthony Hopkins as no Zorro. Zorro. <laughs> Nobody's tough as Jack. Nobody's, Nobody's tough as Jack. Tough as Jack. <laughs> Jack, you, you just never watched the Anthony uh, Anthony Hopkins Antonio Banderas uh, duo. Really, really? Nope. You're for, oh, dude, it, that, okay. It's pretty great. I, I like it. it. There's there has been no point in my existence where I've been sitting there going, you know what I could use right now? <laughs> Zorro. Oh. Even Zorro. I'm the not gay saying blade. he's yes! a bad character. I'm not saying the movie doesn't possibly have merits, but you just don't want to watch it. I just like it's like the Passion of the Christ. There's nothing like mm, you know what? <laughs> I want to see the dude get tortured for like half a fucking movie. Like this will be great spending time. I'll tell you right now. I've seen Passion of the Christ. I never need to or want to see it again. 
There's no need. Like Black Swan. Like I saw it once. Never have to see it again. There's moments you want to watch again. I've seen so many clips of Black Swan that I think I just get the entire story, but I've never seen the entire movie. And I don't necessarily. But nobody's going like, oh, you've never seen Black Swan? (laughs) (laughs) Is that what we look like to you? (laughs) Because Disney made it. (laughs) (laughs) And it's got Antonio Banderas. Jesus but anyways, Christ. so Ray, Ray Liotta, Richard Gere, and John Travolta were all up for the role of uh, of Robert. Uh, I don't think John Travolta would have worked out too well. I mean, if he, maybe if he from you Face know, Off repurposed, if he can pull off Face Off, he can pull off Alec Baldwin's character easy. It, yeah, but Face Off is like the biggest jerk off plot of the like the entire history oh, wait, of, of film. Right. If if he can repurpose his character from like Broken Arrow, maybe you take this knife <laughs> and you stick it in and twist. Please do not so the shoot doesn't at the close. nuclear weapons. <laughs> I love Broken Arrow. Nobody talks about it anymore. It's such a fun movie. It's so dumb, but it's- yeah, I probably would have watched it, but it doesn't have Nick Cage in it. But it, it is worth a worth a rewatch. Wait, you've uh, never watched Broken Arrow either. Oh, I've watched Broken oh, Arrow. Okay. I just haven't watched it in about twenty years. Like, uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, podcast is canceled. We, <laughs> we are, for the next survival film, we are watching Broken Arrow. <laughs> Winter Home Prom Queen. <laughs> See, and that was the thing with like the whole genre of survival, and I'm thinking like it's so broad. What what can you survive? Yeah. A lot of things. See, I, if if I had drawn survival, I would have gone with uh, 1990s shtick Ooh. cliffhanger. Oh man, if if cliffhanger and if you got John Lithgow, oh, you, do. you got uh, you got fucking Rocky in it. Um, uh, you've got I'm not your father. I'm your daddy guy. What's his name? Oh, um, <laughs> I can't think of his name. Yeah, well, the, 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 guy, Yondu, the guy who played I'm <laughs> Mary Poppins, y'all. But the guy who played Yondu, I can't think of his name. Yeah, Cliffhanger yeah, would have yeah. been great. Oh man, I don't even know if it counts as survival anymore. But uh, like vertical limit, horrible. But <laughs> I would more see that. I'd see that as a thriller. I vertical limit. When I went and saw it in the theaters, my friend and I, I laughed my ass off at that movie. Specifically, <laughs> in the, a quiet theater. Oh, it was so quiet, and it was and it was the intro too, because it's when the dad and the daughter and the son are all hanging on the same line, and the dad, you know, is cutting his line, or the son's cutting the line, saying like, "You gotta let me go, you gotta let me go," and the daughter's like, "No, daddy, no!" And suddenly you just see like the knife going, 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 going on the rope, and then the next scene, you see the ground, and it's just dead silent. And you just a bird off in the side, off in the distance. Boom! His body hits the ground. Ugh. I could not stop laughing. And I mean, it was a dead silent theater and people are all like, you're awful. And I'm like, that was hilarious. <laughs> and I'm a bad person. <laughs> I'm just glad you didn't pick 127 hours. No, no, I've seen it. I thought you were going to say 101 Dalmatians. I'm like, I guess that's a survival <laughs> film. You're right, Jack. Corella <laughs> 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 a bitch. Like, hey, big puppies need a home. <laughs> Those puppies are running for their lives from Cruella DeVille and her henchmen. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. No, 127 hours. I've seen it. It's it's okay. And I think uh, the big I don't one need to watch it again. is kind of just the like, mm-hmm. gimme the throwaway is Castaway. Which everyone's talked about it. Everyone's everyone 
Bakersfield? Bakersfield? Uh, what? It's, it's just not a watchable yeah, movie. Again, I've seen that. W- I've seen it once. I never have to see it again. Like I got you, you got your volleyball and you got your yeah, fork in the road at the end. And eh. I don't know. Lots of, lots of things could have fit this genre and they've, and I don't know. Uh, it, it just brought me back to the edge and I remember enjoying it a lot. And then, you know, popping back in and watching it one more time. I, I greatly enjoyed it. I thought that Alec Baldwin did a good creepy job as a sleaze for the character of Robert. I think Anthony Hopkins, again, having his like deadpan face as he's facing near death and staring down the bear and keeping his calm, cool and collected self throughout the movie for the majority of the part. That's enjoyable. I think it is a disservice to the guy who played Steven to his his character. He's a red shirt. Has no point to the plot except to literally bear food. Exactly. He he is the first character to die. He is he is the first black man to die. As Roger Ebert put it, like it's the brother dies first, you know, kind of trope. That I mean, he serves no other purpose aside from the fact that he can be eaten and it's a distraction for them to be able to get away from the bear. Again, this whole movie real quick, this whole movie is like a <laughs> a, a telegraph like Alexander Graham Bell just like everything is telegraphed. Everything comes at you super hard. Very early in the film. Uh, so that, <laughs> those geese came out that's of what, nowhere. So that's why I was going to say bird strike. How do you what not see that a flock of birds say? when Gimli, when Gimli and Legolas. And I was wondering about that too. Against the wind. Like Legolas side, crab lines from Dunland. Like boom. there. <laughs> Charles, what do your elf eyes see? <laughs> Nothing but the whisper cloud. They're sending the pigeons from Isengard. <laughs> Why do you recoil? I am no thief, Charles. <laughs> uh, I but but I I will say it is unique yeah. in the fact of the use of the bear, and there right. is something sort of primal and visceral about watching another human being in a in that sort of you are not the apex predator right now. Oh right, and you're just gonna get ragdolled around, and he's gonna snack on your innards. Like th- there's always a little bit of a disturbing factor. I think that they did that well. Yeah. But I would have liked a montage of them yes. putting together the swinging, swinging Stop deadfall. Because that seemed like it just came out of nowhere. <laughs> right. And, I mean, and, I, I mean, where did they get the rope? Where did they get the goddamn with rope? Hair from me on back. They showed nobody having rope at that point. <laughs> no, making, okay, making the, the spiked pendulum trap, making, you know, the dead, actually, I don't even think they made the deadfall. The deadfall was already there at the cabin. <laughs> well, but the deadfall was I'm just talking about, made, like, the, well, the swinging well, spike trap. I mean, trap. even the swinging spike trap, but even, like, the montage, including them setting up the spears along the river, like, all of, I mean, this would have taken hours. If they're so fearful of that bear coming to to, to kill them, where's the urgency? Because oh. it's it's literally I just like see the next scene. Ewoks like launch a, a catapult, <laughs> 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 and like trying to take down this bear, and then the bear like kills one of them. Is like, hata, hata. <laughs> yup, yup. You know, Rod Dickery, too. No, that's after he falls in the dead ball. That's when they're all dancing yep, and yep. banging on like, the heads. Yeah. <laughs> and they burn the bear corpse as X Wings fly yeah, over you go. dropping fireworks. <laughs> You know what they you know what they should have shown and they didn't show it there throughout the entire movie. The whole reason they went to like Big Bass Lake was to go find the Native American guy so Alec Baldwin could have his picture. Going to his cabin, which was it was like clearly his cabin that they found. If they found a 
dead, uh, the dead guy, the, the Native American dude, like slain in the cabin. Like maybe this is the same bear that killed. He, he's already a man killer. Okay. And like the pilot is like pissing. And so like they look and they see the guy's dead and like they come out and the bear mauls the pilot. And now you have like, whoa, we've got a killer on the loose. Bum, 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 bum. No. And then this is an origin story for Baloo oh, from Tailspin. <laughs> Gaining his gaining his self awareness, he hops in that plane and Enter hunts them down. Intro right now, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the pineapples, I love it. I love tailspin. See, they're not going to hear the roar. All they're going to hear is that ho, 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 ho. race cars, lasers, airplanes here in Bearburg. I know it's not the song. It's not the song. But it's all the mystery. Oh my gosh. Jesus. Woo! Bear attacks. Woo! Every day on the edge, we're out here. Oh. Bear tails. Bear attacks. <laughs> Sneering at your fire brands. It's bear attacks. Danger. This episode is being a lot more entertaining than I How thought it was going to be. How do you pronounce Cassiopeia or Cassiopeia? Cassiopeia. Cassiopeia? Cassiopeia. Cassiopeia. Well, Cassiopeia. Normally, I'd just say Cassiopeia, but uh, I re- recently rewatched the original uh, Clash of the Titans, yeah. like the 1980 version. And uh, it's Cassiopeia in that. Cassiopeia. It's also a pretty pretentious movie at certain points, but <laughs> yeah. I still love it. I still fucking love that movie. Is that is that but the rewatching uh, that movie? Uh, you can see the the Clockwork Owl. Thank you. Is really just a huge ripoff of R two D two. Oh, it's just a big R two D two ripoff. Hmm. In, in my opinion, in my opinion, I always got that movie like kind of slightly confused with Jason of the Argonauts because the the skeleton scene is so icon and the skeleton scene of the Argonauts is perfect, but it's so good. Oh yeah, but the oh, Medusa yeah. scene. Why didn't you pick oh, that yeah. for survival, Drew? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I know. What? Because it's not survival. It's clearly an adventure. <laughs> He's going on a quest to bone a girl. And <laughs> Bob, are, they keep like switching back and forth between the torches. I kept saying like, Ian, freeze! Like, get rid of the flare! Because <laughs> like, they kept stepping in front of each other with like a different torch to like kind of get the bear away. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, and they have never. For all the experience that Charles has, all the all the books, but like all the Charles books has like, no real experience. He, it's all theoretical. Read the Art of War, like flanking. Flanking is not a thing against a bear, okay, but, oh, dude. It's reading and actually putting into actual practical like action are two completely different things. One of the titles for this movie was going to be Bookworm. What? So <laughs> no. <laughs> That was it was going to be it was it was the original title was Bookworm and then it was changing it to Wild and then Wilder. So the scene where they're trying to lure the Baron and uh, Anthony Hopkins has the blood smeared rag on the end of his. uh, Yeah, uh, his spear. (laughs) I kind of wanted one of them to be holding the motion detector from aliens. (laughs) It's just going thump, thump, thump. And then you hear the bear. 
I was oh that'd be hilarious when Anthony when Alec Baldwin was asking he's like how are we gonna do that and he slices his thumb open he's like with blood and I'm thinking you have like severely hurt yourself that's gonna be a bitch anytime you have to grip something now why don't you cut anything else why don't you just tell him we're gonna use blood Bob is he kind of like the Rick (laughs) and Morty like he's like yeah we're gonna Hey, Morty, we're going we're gonna to kill the bear, Morty. <laughs> I'm going to get this fucking bear, and there's going to be like a spiky, gonna, spiky death hit fall. Him right in the face, Morty. Oh, I'm going to come swinging right in the bear. I did not think this through, Morty. We have to run. Actually, you know what? That's that's not a bad... You <laughs> son of a bitch. I'm in. That's not a bad comparison, because like he's giving all these practical knowledges and like ways out, and uh, Bob, being Morty, is freaking out. Oh, I don't know, Charles. <laughs> and hating him. I think this is you know what? Good. It's not bad. Now, do you think Charles should have demurred and not accepted the five dollars? Oh hell no, the, he's uh, a billionaire. Or, he wants or he really? wants all the Why money not? he can get. He's he's saving that. <laughs> he won. Yeah, but I mean I don't if, think he's gonna he, insult the man who's like allowing them to stay out of their lodge. I mean, he even says he takes it, he kind of shrugs it off and he's all like, here's five dollars. He's like, oh, okay, thank you. I mean, his whole thing is like, oh my god, do I get to use my trivial pursuit? Oh man. Yeah, he's very deadpan about that yeah. whole thing i would have liked the little scene where he he hands the five dollars back I, like, I was the rabbit or like you know i don't know full circle yeah <laughs> i'm the goddamn rabbit and i ate that bear's liver with fava beans and a nice chianti even though a bear's oh. liver would kill you he takes the pipe and like then he's like like gandalf and he's like i am i am the rabbit, <laughs> I am the rabbit. <laughs> Run, little rabbit. <laughs> he blows a sailing ship out. Gandalf, you suck at blowing rings. <laughs> a billionaire arrives precisely when he means a to. <laughs> when the guy came to him and he was asking him technically for money for like 30 to 40 million dollars to basically expand and have more people show up to his cabin in this lakefront business, he should have handed him back the five dollars and say, here's my here's my investment. I, I would like to be a part of this. Put me down for 0.0111%. <laughs> Put me down for five dollars, <laughs> but I'm going to need a 51 percent controlling interest. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll I'll bring the people here. And, Somehow, uh, after the bear died, their sewing and tailoring leveled up like crazy because they like <laughs> bling ding that, that leather. <laughs> my points into ticks I need to like upgrade <laughs> epic cloth. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've already I've yeah. already forged five hundred iron knives, so it's it's right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> I was looking at that fur, and I'm like, how have you tanned the hide and separated the fat? Because you can tan it with gunpowder. It. There's well, no way it's proper. The inside of a banana will uh, polish a shoe. So Stephen dies. We kind of already talked about it. Falls back like a dumbass into the deadfall. Um, yeah, and uh, Bob, Bob, no, 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 Stephen, Bob, no, falls. that was that was Bob, Bob falls. Yes, Stephen became um, Bear Chow. So when they, t- <laughs> I, I prefer uh, Bear yeah, Kibble, know, nice okay, diced up fine. meat, uh, charcuterie. <laughs> yeah, but they take him right back to the cabin. I'm sorry, but if you're missing in the wilderness for like multiple days with no food they take you to the goddamn hospital they don't go hey let's stop off at the cabin real quick to uh you know say hi to everyone like it's uh the end of end game uh no well i mean it okay so one it could have been the fact that like that's where the uh the remaining fuel could have gotten them before they had to refuel and take off again he had no real injuries to himself except being malnourished and he was fine 
Like, well, I mean, he could, he could like also two weeks. <laughs> okay, <laughs> they're fat they just on had bear their meat. first meal like three days before they got home. Oh yes, no, the, they had the no, squirrel. They, no, the squirrel is he's still there. But the they s- never showed that. They never showed that. They showed him catching the squirrel. They never showed them eating. I the think squirrel. it's a lie that they ate it. God. <laughs> oh, you know what? The squirrel probably escaped after they after I they ran after the, the squirrel. Still there in that cage to this day. Yeah, <laughs> trapped in that cage, dead. <laughs> I, I wanted Bob to like milk the dead squirrel and then use the milk and like batter the squirrel meat and have some like some some Kentucky fried squirrel oh or something. He's like, oh, yeah, oh, these are herbs over here. <laughs> Strictly <laughs> theoretical. <laughs> I'm Anthony fucking Hopkins. I'm Anthony fucking Hopkins. You don't necessarily know like exactly what comes of the wife, but I think it is definitely implied that they're going to be getting a divorce because he does hand her the watch. That is engraved. He's a you know, simp. Thanks for he, all the he's nights. He's still in with her. He's like, yeah, it's okay. He's dead. We're all, we're good. Maybe. Maybe. When, when they were, when he was like walking up the stairs and all the presses around. Yeah. As soon as uh, he hands her the, the watch, they should have started playing like, I know what boys <laughs> like. I know what guys want. <laughs> or, or uh, you know, secret lovers. <laughs> Starts playing. Uh. But sat like spoiler alert, billionaire ends up a lot like nothing is resolved really. Like this whole story has no like. Gr- well, Bob's dead, okay, so the affair's gr- over. Great. Now you have to go back to the real world and like. <laughs> it, that's one way. Of doing is it. any lesson learned I mean, beyond like, oh, cool? I put to to use some of my practical knowledge, and I had an adventure, and two people died. I I don't know. It's a weird ending too, because they say like, oh, sir, sir, you know, how did they die? And he said, like, they died saving my life. And I'm thinking, well, okay, I don't necessarily know how any of them died saving your life because one of them tried to kill you. Steven was slowing you down due to a leg injury from a knife that you gave him. And then I guess maybe he provided a way for you to escape after he was being eaten. Like, Steven got eaten. Bob died. I'm still alive. Sir? You kneel to no man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think everything was starting to like come back and rush back at him. That's why he started crying, you know, in front of the press. But I mean, I think everything since he's now back in reality and he's not in a place where he's necessarily using all his like trivia knowledge and he can kind of be the smartest man in the room. Like he realized that, you know, Stephen, a good man died for no no practical reason. Bob who he once trusted, betrayed him, and then tried to kill him. And then he had to confront his beloved wife, who he... Okay, and you're right. He did love her. And then give her back the watch that she gave to her lover, and then suddenly turn around and act to the press as if he... As if everything's been fine? So, I would have liked to have seen a sequel where uh, Charles raises a bear cub from from young from from a pup and then it turns into a buddy cop movie where it's anthony hopkins and the bear and the bear is wearing bob's watch <laughs> billion dollar bear claw or like what, what the edge two nothing to nothing left to bear <laughs> electra bear buggle no Barreloo? Mm-hmm. Electric Bugaloo? No, not, not Edge working. 2, right to bear arms. <laughs> <laughs> Edge 2. Bear no justice. <laughs> Unbearable justice. And he, like, puts on the bear outfit from the cabin, and, like, they go into the wilderness. 
You cut yeah, an and avatar. the bear can do sign language like the ape from uh, fucking Congo. <laughs> like, ugly gorilla. Bar ugly gorilla. Pretty, go away. Pretty. <laughs> what if it was a prequel and Anthony Hopkins secretly raised the bear but released it into the wild. And that's the bear that came back to kill him. (laughs) No, no. He killed the bear's mother for sport. And the bear cub witnessed it, and he's come back. (laughs) And you just see, like, the the plane land in the lake and them going off to the cabin. The bear, they cut to him, and he he rouses himself from hibernation and just goes, in bear, because it's subtitled. Of course. Today. He's come. No, he says, today. And he like puts like a, a strike of blood. He goes, I'm going to kill a motherfucker. <laughs> bear will not rest until white hair is under bear's claws. <laughs> what one bear can do, another can do. What one bear can do, another can do. We will let Bob live to take fire out of white man. <laughs> what people don't know is that this was re- this was the actual story for Disney's uh, brother bear. Originally, oh. this was Brother oh, Bear. No. <laughs> and you know what? When they finally land on the lake, okay, and they're coming to find Jack Hawk, okay, played by uh, Gordon Tutusis. Should we bear with you on this? You should. You should. He's in the woods. He finds the bear. And, you know, he's the one who's marking him for, for battle. That's his bear hunting. He went to go ceremonially ready him to hunt down only, these men. <laughs> only when he's getting marked, uh, if they play the, the uh, pre-battle music from uh, um, Gangs of New York. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Segments. Segments! The first segment we will have. So how are you planning to kill me? Charles is on to Robert and his affair with his wife as he suspects that he is in danger. Which is a bit fortuitous when it comes to the inevitable chase with the man-eater bear. What is a memorable hunting story from your life? Now, this could actually be a real hunting story, or maybe you uh, finally killed that really annoying fly that has been anno- has been uh, buzzing around the kitchen. I can go first. So, uh, I used to hunt quite a bit back in, uh, in the old Kern Valley days, and... Um, I used to go with one of my buddies from school. His name was Red. He had, he was, he had red hair, so they all called him Red. Uh, <laughs> it follows. Why don't you just, it, why don't you call him o- Opie? <laughs> it, it was an awesome dude. So anyways, we went rabbit hunting a couple of times, and one of the times, I uh, we had kind of split up when we were going up over a ridge, and I saw a rabbit running, and I led the rabbit, and I shot it, and as it was jumping basically off like a a little part of this rock formation and like trying to like just hop over to get away. And I winged it like right in the back of its side. And I've never heard an animal scream before, but rabbit screaming is the most like, it's like, it's like a woman like being raped. You're just like, Oh God. Oh my God. Oh, Oh, what have I done? What have I done? Uh, And so I ran up to it and it was the first time I ever had to mercy kill an animal. (laughs) Oh God. And I just, I just was like, I- I'm so sorry, and it's just screaming because it's, it, 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 <laughs> and I just, I had this. I'm not laughing neck. about this. I'm just laughing about you in this situation. Oh, and I'm, I'm just like trying to not panic because as, like, as you remove the earbuds from your ear, that's just played the uh, the, um, the the theme. Right no, no, it's it's played the theme the from. Oh God! We just did Top the Gun. What? No, 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 no. Um, from um, Last of the Mohicans. 
No. Oh, no. This is no longer stylized. Fire Ute. I would I would agree with you, Nathan. Ra- uh, a rabbit screaming or shrieking is unnerving. Tell me how he died. Oh, <laughs> no, I will tell you how, how he lived. lived. <laughs> so, uh, Nathan, tell me a hunting story. They were all <laughs> perfect. <laughs> this has been a good conversation. Uh, so, I've I've got um, I've got two little minor ones. I've never been hunting. I've been fishing, but I've never hunted. That's kind of like hunting. <laughs> Yeah, but this isn't a fishing story. But uh, I lived, and I've mentioned before, I lived in a real shitty apartment at one point when I was in uh, in college. And the there was a small field mouse that had infiltrated the kitchen. And for a week, I was trying to kill this thing. Like, I, I got some traps and shit. And it was, it was just taunting me. This mouse was taunting me. So I had been cooking, and I turned on the oven to preheat. And apparently, the mouse was in the oven and it crawled up through like one of the vent they've gone into the ventilation shafts like it had gone (laughs) into the ventilation shaft and came up under one of the burners that was not on and sort of leapt onto the countertop the only thing i had at hand was the toaster that i grabbed from like you know grabbed into the toaster and just started slamming it on the counter and i made contact with the mouse and pasted that thing with a toaster and i was like it was one part i gotcha and it was another part like well i've got smeared mouse everywhere this is not good (laughs) another time we had gone camping in uh, red river gorge and we we were getting accosted by a skunk not the not the scent but the the skunks were were very aggressive because you know we we're cooking food and they want some of that they've become less afraid of humans because they're in a national park so <clears throat> we were sitting around the fire my buddy Todd had just gotten this like Gore-Tex winter coat and he was like yeah I'll be warm in this thing like it was like $150 and blah 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 and just as Todd is opening one of those like gas station tins of nacho cheese just as he gets the top off i see the skunk like coming out of the brush and i whipped a log from the fire at it like across the fire the movement startled todd and he just dumps the nacho cheese like all down the front of this gore-tex jacket and <laughs> there's no amount of like wiping with damp paper towels he's just smearing nacho cheese around at this point so the rest of the trip He's just got this nacho cheese smear, and he's like picking at it over the fire. I'll never forget it. It was it was quite humorous. I just imagine the skunk just like, so you have a twin sister. Your feelings now betray her too. <laughs> if he won't give me the nacho cheese, cheese the maybe bat? she will. No, the log. <laughs> uh, True. Uh, yeah, that's my story. All right. Well, when I was younger, probably about. Uh, 10, maybe 12. I went deer hunting with my neighbor, Jim. And, you know, we got up early. He had his thermos full of coffee. I had mine full of hot cocoa. And we were dressed in camo and had our orange hats. And we each had our gun. And I mean, 
we were all set. It was set for like a day of going out and getting deer. And we uh, went on to some private property that he had gotten permission to hunt on. And it took us about maybe 45 minutes to drive to. So we got to like 530, got there about like, you know, 610, 615. You know, sun's coming up. It's looking great. And we park his uh, big like SUV that he always, ha- he always has. And we're all sitting in the front and he looks at me and he says, okay, now you need to understand deer hunting can take a long time. All right. We will we'll drive around a bit. We'll stop. We'll park. We'll look about. Maybe by that time we'll have some lunch. We'll continue looking around. If we see a deer, we'll get it. Uh, if we don't, you know what? It happens. All right. There's no guarantee, but you got to be really patient. This could take a couple of hours. And after the moment he says this could take a couple of hours, I go, there's a deer right there. <laughs> So, like, in 30 seconds of him explaining deer hunting takes a long time, this is going to be an arduous task. I was like, there's a deer. He says, pass me my rifle. I give it to him. He rests it on the door that he slightly ajars, aims, fires. Deer goes down. We go get the deer. And we're back within, like, you know, an hour. (laughs) Successful hunting. Successful, Successful hunting. And, yeah, my mom was all like, what happened? Did something go wrong? And he's like, no, your son spotted a deer right after I told him to calm down. It would take a couple of hours and we're back. Oh, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, hunting's, I mean, I don't know what everyone's talking about. It's yeah, pretty easy, a, really. You see a deer, you shoot it. That's it. <laughs> you shoot a deer and you shoot it. It's just Drew drive around Bakersfield shooting wildlife from his window. <laughs> <laughs> Why is the rabbit afraid? Because he's smarter. Why isn't... Sorry. Why is the rabbit unafraid? Because he's smarter than the panther. There's no way that Robert is going to get the upper hand on Charles. He's too smart. Especially considering he tricked Robert into falling into that uh, into that deadfall. Tell the story of a trap that you set for someone that ended up either working out or not, but it was a perfectly devious and clever one nonetheless. I can go first. Okay, you can go first. Uh, I've got one where uh, we did the trap, and I've got another where I was the one that was trapped. Uh, so the first one, and again, like uh, the previous episode, this goes back to uh, me and Drew's first Dungeons & Dragons group. And uh, there was a guy that, um, he was older than everybody else, and he was very dramatic and way too childlike for his... Uncle Touchy. Yeah, Uncle Touchy. So, Uncle Touchy, <laughs> he he would go on these grand tantrums where, like, he had been wronged by the world, and I've been in prison, and blah, 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 and I can't get a ride over there, and this, that, and the other thing. And we all should, kinda, should, we, should we clarify for the world? Well, clarify what? Clarify why he felt he had been wronged? Well, that's what I'm getting to, because nobody, oh, okay. no, we did not know at this point. At that time, okay, Continue, sorry. So, uh, we had all inquired to, because we he had been very upfront about him spending some time in prison, and we're like, well, why, why did this dude go to prison? And so, we all took turns asking, and then we asked one of the girls in the group, Shannon, it's like, you know, he go and, you know, just like DM him and talk to him and, and see if you can you can get the reason why he was in prison, and she did. Because he had uh, been a um, an aide, a school aide, to supervise um, recess 
at a local elementary school and a girl had fallen down and uh, sprained her or skinned her knee or something. Yeah. And uh, he was just comforting her and he just gave her a little kiss. And that's why he went to prison. And everybody in the group after that point was like, yeah, this guy does not need to be participating Wait, in this. Wait, did you hard candy him? Did you hard candy? What's that? Oh, no, no, I think no, there no. was like one more session he was in and then we all just collectively decided to stop letting him know when we were playing. I know what hard candy is. I know what you're talking about. No, we just kind of like collectively, uh, we were just like he doesn't need to be here. He doesn't need to be in this group. He doesn't need to be playing in a game in a game store that has kids coming into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, or, I'm almost fairly certain we couldn't get it, game store time. Like, right. don't want you in my God house. God forbid a kid like right. and on the I, way to like the table skins his knee and he's like, here I go. <laughs> here I go. Consoling kids again. <laughs> I'm almost certain that like probably going anywhere that is going to have like kids frequenting was a violation of any type of like, you know, parole or Megan's law, but I don't know. Yeah, it was, he did have a very much a pouty woe is me kind of attitude. And he was like, and he was a writer too. He was like writing books. He wrote wrote fantasy novels. Uh, He kept offering, he's all like, I'll give you a free copy if you put it in your classroom library. Lord of the Rings or Turtle Alita. Oh no, no. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Uh, So the other one is when I was trapped. This was recent. This was maybe a month or two ago. And there are certain things where, you know, like your, your, your wife, your girlfriend, your fiance has, has stirred and you awaken in the middle of the night. So what I did not know is that Anna had gotten up out of bed. Welcome to my tomb of horrors. Because she was having some intestinal difficulties and she, she, pooed downstairs oh. uh in the in the bathroom and i think she just and so she got into the it got into the bed and that woke me up and that you know where you're just barely awake you're like oh, i gotta pee so i go into the bathroom and i sit down and then slowly come to full awareness oxygen levels that i'm just sitting amidst <laughs> the fumes of a a dump that was that was freshly oxygen, laid down 12%. not not a minute oxygen, ago six <laughs> percent <laughs> it's just she's not giving me a very nice look right now oh my god, oh my god this is not gonna work I'm gonna die <laughs> what is happening oh the seat's still warm it's a trap <laughs> Jack reaches for the door Anna's holding it, it was <laughs> Sir, they have ships coming in from the 47. I'm sorry, that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez. I want you to get closer to those ships. Maybe you'll take a few of them with us. You'll last longer than you do against that Death Star. uh, Drew, you go ahead. Oh, sure, I'll go. Okay, good. So when I was a counselor at Calvin Crest for some some church kids, uh, we had one night where we were playing a big, rousing game of hide-and-go-seek. Well, I took a I took a note from my dad, who is a lovely Vietnam veteran, who talked about how, like, you know, you can you can uh, cover yourself up and dig a small, you know, uh, hole in the ground, probably about roughly the size of your body. Cover yourself up with twigs and branches, and you can just lay there, and no one will find you. So I so I did. So the kids are like running around in the woods trying to find the counselors who were hiding. 
I had at least three kids like walk on top of my body and not know that I was there. One kid said, hey, I'll, I'll catch up. I just need to tie my shoe. Bad, bad move, kid. Bad move. Now you're alone. I immediately reached up and I grabbed that kid's ankle. <laughs> he screamed. Okay. And ran off. <laughs> you're it, was, uh, it was quite back hilarious. My, what? what? You're a monster. There's no Baggins here. There's no Baggins here. <laughs> no here. Oh, mine, uh, mine was at Old Oak Ranch, which is a Christian uh, like camp in the summer. And it was the trap that was laid for me and three other of our campers. Um, we had a competition and uh, they, it was a pie eating contest. And I, I didn't, I was, I, I wasn't a, some I wasn't a big, coming like, at us here. like <laughs> get up. I know that sounds weird, but like, even as a kid, I was kind of like, ah, like I want to be up there, but I don't want to like be the person that's like, Oh me, me, me. I want to be doing stuff up in front of everyone. So I reluctantly was kind of like, ah, I, I, I want to do this. And so they called me and I, was, I got to go down for like my group and arms behind the back and face down into the pie, beautiful whipped cream pie. And I realized the trap has then been sprung. It's whipped cream on top of baked beans. And and like my first, like I took a good mouthful, oh. swallowed, and it came right back up. And I went, what? And I stopped it. <laughs> and I swallowed it. And I said, no, I'm up here. I'm not. And like the couple of the kids were like, oh, God, this is horrible. And then one girl's just going to town on it. Like. Like she's like she's like a dog that's never been fed, just <laughs> like scraping the the pan. I'm like, oh, <laughs> and I'm trying to. <laughs> Please tell me she was known forever thereafter as Betty Beans. I, I tried to finish and I got second place, but I could tell the moment that the moment I took that bite, I was like, oh, this is not, this is not a fun game. <laughs> this, this is a trap. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a fun game. Uh, toss me the... <laughs> it's a trap. Uh, it's a trap. So, so, yeah. All right. Well, next segment, really quick. Uh, did you know that you can make fire from ice? There's a ton of information rattling around Charles's brain about survival. Some of that seems to be relevant, and some of that actually works out well. What is some of their uh, survival knowledge that you have learned and actually put into action? Uh, was it impressive or more of a... Oh, yeah, that's cool moment. Uh, so I'll, I'll go. I have actually done the whole take Fritos or even Cheetos. If you don't have like uh, paper or kindling to kind of like start a fire and get it going, you can uh, light a Frito on fire. And since it's uh, it's so oily, it'll uh, burn rather well. And uh, you can help start a fire that way. I was a camp keep counselor. And the my like little posse in the back that couldn't hear what uh, the camp counselor, or the, like the main guy was talking about up front. I'm in the back with them and I say, hey, this plant right here is called miner's lettuce and it's edible. They're like, no, it's not. No, it's not. And I was like, yeah, watch this. And I grabbed it, ate it. And for the rest of the like hike, anytime they'd find it, they'd like <laughs> pick it up and show me and be like, this is it, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And they'd eat it and they're like, this is the coolest thing ever. We're, and I'm like, ah. Uh, I'm getting kids to eat vegetables. <laughs> this is awesome. All right. <laughs> well done. <laughs> so, yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, that one, that yeah, one the bear peed on, but yeah, good. you can eat it. <laughs> uh, when we got really into camping when we were in our sort of late teens, it was uh, amazing the things that we forgot to bring. And, I, and this is not a story about knowledge about moss growing on the north side or anything like that. But we had been up drinking the night before and, and we had no, we had only brought alcohol. Like, nobody had thought to bring water or Gatorade. People are just, like, drinking <laughs> melted ice and, you know, injuries are happening and nobody has, like, band-aids or neosporins. So, whenever we go camping now, I've got a little pack that I bring and it just has band-aids, neosporin, aspirin, antacids, uh, you know, stuff that... Uh, if something bad happens, you'd least have something to dress the wound or, you know, take the edge off if you're in pain. So, nobody else brings those. So, when they go camping, you know, I'm in California, they're in Ohio, <laughs> they'll, they'll get a picture sent to me. It's like, Todd cut himself and we don't have any Band-Aids. Why aren't you here right now? And it's just that sort of like preparing to fail or preparing, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Like, you want to go out there and have fun, but you also want to bring some, just a small amount of stuff with you in case something bad does happen like now my my little kid even has one of the rubber tourniquets that i've uh, taken from work you know just it's there jack, if it's needed it doesn't jack take up shows much up room and like they like check his armor and like nod and like they, he, <laughs> he gives him a band-aid this band-aid <laughs> from the from the old the new <laughs> belongs to the warrior <laughs> <laughs> that's right oh i got the worst heartburn I got some Tums in this little box right here. You, you want Tums? There you Always go. prepared. Well done. Yep. Okay. Well, last one. Look at this photograph. Robert is wanting that soulful picture, the perfect shot for his collection. Seeking out the old Native American man is now his new goal to get the snapshot from him. Pictures capture special and memorable and even tragic moments in life. Though <clears throat> there are some that people truly hold dear and close to their hearts. What is a photo that you cherish or maybe even a couple of pictures and why? I have a, a million pictures that I cherish of, you know, my kids, yeah, life, but... My wife, uh, but my uh, one that really st sticks out is um, of me and my brother and or my brother and I, and we're super young and we're sitting on a porch and he has uh, like a bag of gummy bears and my mom's just taking a couple of like one he like is like grabbing a gummy bear and then he's like giving it to me and I, I'm eating it like just kind of basically out of his hand. But it's just these like four or five like photos of us mm. just being very like brother and and we're not killing each other neither one of us we used to sword fight with actual knives and pot pans because we thought it would be cool to like clang 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 like we thought it was so cool until like we would cut each other or you know, we were brutal with each other we would hit each other with like the bathrobe sashes we'd wet them and like whack whack yeah it, one little moment of us actually like you know being being brothers pretty awesome uh, mine is a, it's a picture of, uh, my grandparents on my mother's side, uh, Vi and, and Larry, uh, but they were like my age. Well, actually they were younger than me. They were in their twenties and, uh, they were doing some gardening and it's my, my grandmother is, is reclined in a wheelbarrow and my grandfather has her sort of from the handles from behind pushing her around. And the picture, it's just the, it's a young, happy couple. 
And it it always is special to me is because they were the one of the couples that you sort of you look up to. Mm. Like they were very much madly in love until you know the day grandma died. And um, there's a there's a story where they were I I think I may have told this before that they were on their way down from Cleveland Ohio to Dayton, which is about a three hour drive, and they were overdue. And you know they had called my mom and said, okay, we're 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 leaving now, and it was like <laughs> eleven o'clock, and by five o'clock they still hadn't showed up. And so my mom's getting worried. She's thinking about calling like the highway patrol. No, not them. Not them. No, they they got <laughs> oh. they got frisky on the highway and got a hotel room for wow. the afternoon. <laughs> and they were they were in their sixties. And I just think that's just a just an amazing little story and just the 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 picture just Huzzah. illustrates that. Like they were <laughs> Good for them. they were always in love. Yeah. I like it. That's fun. So two pictures that I actually gen- genuinely really enjoy is almost like a combination of like both of yours in a way. Uh, one is of me and my brother. And it, it almost my my dad says that it, it perfectly encapsulates our relationship as not only brothers, but twins. It's of me kind of like standing with my hands kind of behind my back, like like this business. But my brother is full on like in uh, engulfed in a hug wrapping his arms around me and just like loving and he's like loving and I'm kind of like just standing there being hugged going okay five second <laughs> so I mean I, I really like that picture it's just a, it's a fun cute picture I think we might have been in like second or third grade uh, when it was taken the other is actually of my uh, mom's parents my nana and my papa and I don't have a lot of memories of my my papa because he died when I was four and I literally have like, I think, three memories. Uh, one is him standing in our living room and me talking to him. One is of going fishing with him and another. Uh, well, I mean, he had died. But this picture of my Nana, my Papa, they're just they're in their living room. They're sitting down on the carpet and they just they're both like leaning in towards each other and just like staring at each other side by side and just like smiling, just looking in, into each other's eyes. And it's just it's such a sincere and sweet photo because I I don't have so many memories of them together. And I really love the love, honestly, that they just had for each other shadow, and that you can see shadow. in this photo. <laughs> what about Patreon special? Uh, so the Patreon special uh, this time around, uh, it's just $5 million. <laughs> very, very, very doable. Just, just, a, just a clean five. And uh, this one, uh, we will build probably up in the Alaskan wilderness a uh, a nice cabin uh, on a lake that uh, is accessible only by float plane. And uh, basically, this this will be our, our little little getaway destination. As a contributor, you uh, you get time at this cabin. Great food, games, you know hunt and fish wander around and then uh, i'll get bourbon drunk and wander around in a bear skin and uh <laughs> and try to scare the shit out of you and, then, and they'll be like why is he doing that no they'll it's just yeah. jack he's the bear he's you, a paid, bear right you now. paid for it lady <laughs> this is this is your five billion dollars yeah so so this this is the edge package the edge package mm-hmm. all right well i mean this was not a first time viewing for anybody was it no Okay, no, good. I'd seen this before, yeah. Did anyone realize that this is our second film written by David Mamet, who no, also wrote The Untouchables? I'm not surprised. Like, there is... not. And maybe part of it's like the storyboard. <laughs> just like a dago. Just <laughs> like, like a wop. Just like a bear, dago bear. <laughs> like, it, there's a lot of, like, 
maybe it's like pacing and just I think there's subtle subtle humor in, yeah, and in Charles the- is there and he's like what are you willing to do <laughs> what is this a game <laughs> come on there <laughs> <laughs> Let's do some good. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, with I've just seen a, a a bear in a bear-sized stroller just slowly going down a flight of stairs. My honey. My You thumb. got him? <laughs> yeah, I got him. <laughs> Take All him. right. Well, with with a rewatch, what do you guys think? What would uh, you I rate this film? You want to wait for a sec? I give this 4. I give this Four ineffective spears out of ten. Because for some reason, there's all these spears that are just left around, and they're just very ineffective against the bear until finally they take it down. And this movie kind of does that, where there's a lot of moments that it's like, oh, and then it kind of lets you down in certain areas. Like, just like him talking about the, do you, do you know that you can make fire from ice? That, that whole part does not pay off. He's trying to get him to think because if he thinks he if he doesn't think he dies of shame to bring the ice to a lens and like oh yeah no that's a a a, a good contact lens <laughs> yeah, that's about a, four diopters right fire. there we're good to go yeah four out of ten it's it's a fine movie for a one or two watch but after that it sits on the shelf for a very long time I I give this movie uh, two and a half out of five. Questionably handled hams. <laughs> because I'm just very bothered about uh, somebody coming down into the kitchen and it's late at night and there's just a freestanding ham that Bert nobody has sliced or covered up. It's just there. Yeah, no, I'm very passionate Perfection about my, peach, my ham handling. Graboid grape? <laughs> Drew, what would you rate it? <laughs> I would give this film uh, three out of five oh. puncture wounds from a deadfall. It's going to be, no, it's going to leave a mark. And uh, you might look back on those uh, those injuries favorably. But like you said, I think that this movie is great. I think it uh, I think it does hold up, but it's not one that uh, you need to watch like again and again and again. Not having seen this since probably like, I don't know. 1999, and then rewatching it again for this, I was I was pleasantly surprised with it. Make no mistake, Frodo, <laughs> the bear wants to be found. I'm dying, I'm dying, and I never did a goddamn thing. <laughs> yeah, I have I haven't seen this movie again since probably around 2000. Like I saw when it came out, I saw it on HBO. I haven't seen it again, so it was it was neat to watch again. It like oh, would have been be cool fearsome. if like right. the bear like approaching Anthony Hopkins and like sees Anthony Hopkins with the flag of, like, the, the rabbit and the smoke in the pipe, like, kind of, like, and he's like, oh, like. <laughs> oh, he knows. Yes. He knows. Bear Dolph the Gray. That is what they <laughs> used to call me. I am Bear Dolph the White, and I come to you now to eat your hide. <laughs> Well, Drew, how do they get a hold of us? Oh, gosh. Well, you know what, guys? You can always find us up on Facebook and Instagram. Just look for The Real Feels Podcast. You can always send us an email at realfeelspodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at realfeelspod. What about the Tooch Boy? The Tooch Boy? Guys, we would absolutely love to get you guys to send in some voicemails to the Tooch line because, frankly, it would just, it would tickle us something fancy. And, uh... You know, the the tooch tickles. Tooch is good. You don't have to go leaping and jumping for a DM. Just give us a tooch, boy. 
Just give us a tooch, boy, and you guys can call the tooch line at 661-376-0030. Tooch line back, all right. And if you can't reach the tooch line, dropping us a five stars on uh, on the good old iTunes, like our good friend uh, Mr. Acrona, or Mrs. Acrona, did with a five-star review, which is a special shout-out to that, because... I read it. Yeah, no, that was that was a nice review. That was a, uh, a pleasant. It was yeah, thoughtful. Was, it was, it was well very done. thoughtful. Yeah. Well, so what's coming up next? For oh, us? well, you know what? In two weeks time, we have our very first Patreon patron chosen movie, which they have already chosen their uh, Drew's Clues for it. And, you know, they're actually working on their segments for the uh, show as I well. Dig. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be fun. And then uh, after our Patreon special, I believe Jack, it's music, music. Okay, and you're not doing newsies, really? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, it's that's it's, a music. That's my ur- <laughs> you know, co- co- coming up in August is a music genre for Jack's pick on Real Feels. And then after music, I believe Nathan Urban Drama. Urban drama. Urban Drama. In a world where there's urban drama. <laughs> drama in the urban I'm going to do Fifty cinema. Shades of Grey just to throw everyone on. No. no, no. <laughs> As I just talked about burning the book. <laughs> Jesus. No. Please it's don't. not happening. Please Sorry, don't. Thank folks. you. All right. You, I, I don't even know where to go from there. You, you had me at such a shock. Uh, tell me how he died. Oh. <laughs> No, but I'm going to tell you that they saved my life. <laughs> uh, well, guys, go out there. Tell everybody about the Real Fills podcast. Remember that you can always survive in the Alaskan wilderness with a uh, a paperclip and your uh, wife's adulterer. Oh, maybe it was my uh, my belt that was throwing it up. <laughs> he was smoking a cigarette at the cabin. Did he find that in the cabin, or did he just no, have he, wet cigarettes that he decided to? They were dry enough. To they have. were they were dry enough to have because they were inside his jacket uh, zip up, which might have been like uh, lined uh, for waterproofing. That sounds they, like a bird strike to me. I, I don't know because they were in the same thing with the cigarettes and the matches, and the matches were good to go. So the cigarettes looked dry enough. Who knows? Don't know. But what I do know is that. Y'all are the realest. And the feelest. You want to lay down and die, Bob? What one man has done, another can do. <laughs> I'm going to kill the motherfucker. Strictly <laughs> theoretical. Strictly. Wrong with the world today. I don't know what it is. Something's wrong with our eyes. things in a different way. God knows it ain't his. It sure ain't no surprise. Yeah. Well,